Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 will be there in a little while. Um, uh, I don't remember. Uh, no, it's, I don't believe it is. Nope, close though. <clears throat> okay, uh, page number, what, what page? Uh, 137 in your book. Um, uh, we are. We started last. Well, two weeks ago, we started uh, 137. One, 137. Uh, we started talking about the Holy Spirit. And two weeks ago, I handed out uh, this 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 handout. I gave out this handout um, on uh, different names uh, and characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Um, does anybody need? I got extras. Um, so Rick, Rick will come and pass those out to you if you didn't get one or you need another one. Um, just raise your hand. and um, <clears throat> It's just a great resource. Uh, and it's, and don't, don't think it's original to me because it, it, it is not. Uh, I, I, I stole it from someone else. <laughs> a lot smarter than me, I'll tell you that. Yes. So, yes. So it's a great it's it's just a great resource for you as you as you study the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, on Wednesday nights we just you know not too long ago wrapped up a a, a very lengthy study that we did on the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to spend a lot of time uh, on it here in the book, but you know the author of the book covers the Holy Spirit pretty well. Um, so uh, we're going to. Start off on uh, page 137. <clears throat> uh, at the moment of, uh, of your salvation, God himself came to live within you in the person of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye uh, are uh, that that ye believe, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, I, 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 I well, let, let, let's let, let's let's continue reading here, and then I'll I'll, I'll talk about this for for a little bit. Um, but what does he asks a question here, and this is this is important. This is an important question. What, what does that mean? For your life on a daily basis, the fact that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, what does that mean to you on a daily basis? No, it's not rhetorical. No, no. Literally, what does what? Okay, we we read that and we think, wow, that's really cool. But what does it mean? How can I? You know, it, it does us no good. To, to get all of this information stored away and not use it. So so what does what does that mean for us on a daily basis? Lori? For me at least it's my guide. It is my guide moment to moment. When I'm listening, and I really trust that. That's not what no, and, and n- none of us do listen twenty four seven. Okay. All right. Okay. Say it again, louder. 
He leads us and guides us in all truth. Absolutely. It's it's an assurance, okay? Well, the fact that, for me, the fact that he heals me and my relationship with him is secure. Nothing I do is going to affect that. He has healed that relationship. Okay. It's it's part of the eternal security to me is that he's not leaving me. Right. He's not coming out. My relationship is secure. He's always there. Okay, Rick? Look, turn to Matthew chapter 27. Well, all of us. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. I should have told you to, to start there, and I, I... Anyway, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. <clears throat> Who, somebody read uh, verse 66. Rick? I got it. Okay. So they went out and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting the watch. Okay. What, what is happening at this time in Scripture? Okay, Christ was cru- crucified and he was entombed. What preceded this 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 event? What 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 happened? No, no, that's later. Okay. Right. They were they were the the Jewish leaders were worried about about. Um, the, the the disciples stealing the body and then claiming that he would raise from the dead. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought we were having, you know. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> rapture. Yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. So so the the Jewish leadership went to Pilate. And you were right. I was wrong. Um, but you, you're, you're, anyway, so the point I was trying to make is that the Jewish leadership had gone to Pilate and had asked for guards to be set in, in front of, the, in front of the, the tomb. So let's read this verse again. So they went. Who, who are they? The soldiers. Okay. The soldiers, so they went and made the the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now, what does it mean to seal a stone? How do you seal a stone? Okay, okay. More than likely, what, what illustrations that I've seen is they, they probably ran ropes of some sort, and then they, they took wax, and, and everywhere that those ropes crossed, they would take their ring and they would seal that, that, that spot. So if, if, if at, at any point <clears throat> there is a violation of, of the seal, they would, they would know it, okay? Because once it was set, then there was no... There was no uh, way you could unseal it and then seal it back. Does does that make sense? Uh, 
Okay, so <clears throat> the so why would they do that? Right, so if somebody even attempted to steal the body, it would be obvious because the seal would have been broken. Okay? Now, what was the, what, what do you think the, the um, uh, what's the word? Uh, the penalty was for breaking the seal. Death. Okay? If you, if you happen to mosey by, and rub up against it and knock off a couple of the seals, more than likely those Roman soldiers would have, t would have taken you out. Why? Because, well, you probably wouldn't have gotten that close. <clears throat> so, so basically, what was it? It was, it was a, a visual attempt by the guards and um, Herod or Pilate, excuse me, uh, Pilate to secure beyond a shout of a doubt any attempt to steal the body. Is that, is that, is that, is that obvious? Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 again here in your book. And ye are sealed... with the Holy Spirit of promise. The word sealed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, is the exact same Greek word that is used in Matthew chapter 27, verse 66. It's the exact same thing. Now the Holy Spirit has, by, by, by the guards sealing the tomb they were guaranteeing their lives that nobody could get into that tomb now obviously we know that God is more powerful than the Roman soldiers but it is that kind of a seal that God has put on your life can anybody break that seal? No. They can't even get close to it. Isn't, isn't that an awesome picture that God gives us in Ephesians? When we are saved, we are sealed. We are guaranteed. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. How do we know we are sealed? Okay, we're promised that, but how do we know? Every time the Holy Spirit convicts us, every time the Holy Spirit leads us, every time the Holy Spirit does something in our lives, it is a constant reminder of the fact that God has sealed your life. And that should bring a lot of comfort and peace into your life. Next question. 
So, well, let's go back to the first question. How does that, uh, uh, um, okay, what does that mean for your life on a daily basis? Having that information that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, how does that, how should that affect your daily life? We sh- it should cause us to walk in obedience. Rick? Okay. Give you confidence. Anybody else? I don't know about you, but it, 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 to me, it's it, it borderline kind of scary. The Holy Spirit's going to work, and when He works, He doesn't always show me things I like to see about myself. Next question. How does the Holy Spirit work in your life? Now, that's a personal question. I don't want anybody to talk about that because he works in all of our lives differently. But how does he work in your life? Let let, let me ask, let let me go a step further. Does he work in your life? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, next question. <clears throat> uh, is it mysterious or mystical? No, it's not. It's usually right in your face. Exactly. Or is it real and practical? It's real and practical. So. Uh, In this study, uh, we will see how the Holy Spirit works in your life, uh, how you can cooperate with him, and what the result of his work will be. Again, you know, we, this, for, for, for some of us, uh, this is going to be repetitive because we covered a lot of this uh, on Wednesday nights, but that's okay. Um, So, Uh, Lesson number seven, the Holy Spirit ministers to your heart. Shortly before Jesus was crucified, he explained to his disciples uh, that he would soon be leaving them, uh, but but that the Holy Spirit would take his place in their lives. John chapter 14 and verse 16, I will pray the Father and he will give uh, you another comforter uh, that he may abide with you forever. I, I love that verse. I, I, I cannot tell you how many times I have clung to that verse. When life kind of happens and we've all been there, the Holy Spirit's been all I have. And he's comforted me.
as we saw in lesson two, the Holy Spirit is God. He is part of the uh, the, the Trinity, or uh, or uh, often, you know, the word Trinity is not in Scripture. He he is the, he's a part of the triune triune Godhead. Okay, uh, we call it Trinity. That's just the theological term for it. Um, but as as we saw in lesson four, the Holy Spirit indwells our hearts uh, the moment we trust Christ as our Savior. From that point on, He begins ministering to our hearts in ten, in uh, uh, in tender and significant ways. Your first blank here. He is the divine comforter. He is the divine comforter. And I love the way he, the, the author terms this. He is the divine comforter. He's not just the comforter. He is the divine comforter. It, if, if you call me one day and say, Pastor, um, you know, I don't know. I'm going to pick on Bob because I know he doesn't have a dog. But Bob calls me and he says, you know what, my dog died. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to comfort Bob because I know how much he loves dogs. <laughs> hot dogs, okay. His hot, his, oh, that, there you go. His, his hot dog cooker died. And, and he's, he's, he's in tears now. I, I mean, he's just in tears. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and honestly, uh, let's be practical here. What can we do? We can, we can say words. Um, we can, like Rolando Teasling said, I'll, I'll pray for you. Um, but we, we can do things. But do we always know the right words to say? You know, I, I mean, do we, you know, hey, I know that was your favorite hot dog cooker, Bob. You know, I, I, you know, I, I mean, we, we, we fall short. And he's not just the comforter. Because that's what we are to one another. But he is the divine comforter. The divine comforter. He knows exactly what you need. He knows how to how to bring comfort into your life. Let's continue reading. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the the Comforter four times in his discussion with it, with uh, his disciples before his crucifixion. John chapter fourteen. Verse 16, uh, we just read a, a moment ago. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. <clears throat> Uh, who, somebody read John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, he will send unto you 
Amen. Amen. And then somebody read John chapter 16, verse 7. You know, uh, uh, and we talked about this uh, when we covered this on Wednesday night, but I'll be honest with you. When the first time I read this verse, I was a little confused. Because honestly, I, I had a hard time with the fact that it would be expedient for the Holy Spirit to be part of my life than Jesus Christ himself. I, I did. I struggled with that. I thought, man, I would rather have Jesus here. But when you think about it, what would be the problem if Jesus was still alive today? I'm sorry? Well, well, I mean, putting that aside, I mean, just the fact that if he were still alive, John? Exactly. He could only be at one place at one time. But by giving us the Holy Spirit, we all have, have it all the time. That's why he said, it is expedient for me to go away. Because when you're, when you're not with me, I, I I think he might have been thinking, you don't listen to me anyway. <laughs> I don't know if he really thought that, but I'm just teasing. Um, but is that is that does that make sense? See, by all by by the Holy Spirit coming, then we have access to the Holy Spirit 24/7. We don't have to find out where Jesus is and fly around the world to go to Jerusalem or whatever to have have an audience with him. We have an audience with him right now, right here. Let's continue reading. Christians deal with heartaches and trials just as unbelievers do. Sometimes Christians uh, <clears throat> even have additional trouble because they are Christians, which is very true. Yet the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. He reminds us of God's promises and assures us that His very presence in our lives, that God has not left us alone. One of the hardest things for me to deal with as a, as a pastor and a friend is when somebody says to me, God feels so far away. I don't, I don't feel like God is talking to me. Have you ever been there? I think we've all been there. Pastor Stevens used to say, <clears throat> if... <clears throat> I'm trying to remember now how exactly how you say it. If, if you think God moves, yeah, no. If you feel like God moves, it's not God. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, if, if he used to say, man, how did he used to say it? I, I used to love it. Um, uh, if, if you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? It wasn't him. And I used to hate it when he, when he would say that because almost every time he said that, <laughs> I was struggling at the time. And it was always me that moved, not him. You next blank here. <laughs> he guides you to truth. Now, now I'm going to say something that uh, on the surface you, you may think, well, that's kind of obvious, but you would be amazed. Well, let me just tell you what, what, what I'm going to say. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will never guide you to untruth. Okay? The Holy Spirit will never guide you to sin. He will never guide you to do something that goes contrary to this book. Now, on the surface, everybody would more than likely say, well, yeah, duh. What are you laughing at? But I have had people tell me, not just as a pastor, but for years I've encountered people, and I've even done this a few times. I've done things and blamed it on God. I bought a, I bought a vehicle one time knowing it wasn't the will of God. And then when it went south on me, I just blame God for it. Isn't that what we do? God had nothing to do with that. But I prayed about it. And then I went out and did what I wanted to do. Just because you pray about it doesn't mean God gives you the... We, we've all done it. But God, the Holy Spirit will always guide you to truth. Always. I had, a, I had somebody not too long ago, I would say in the last couple of years, they were getting ready to do something that was absolutely contrary to Scripture. And they looked at me and they said, Pastor, I've prayed about it and God told me it's okay. What do you say? <laughs> you know, hey, okay. I'll be here to help pick up the pieces. Absolutely. Absolutely. Normally, normally, when people dig their heels in and they do something, they pray, 
and they do what they want to do anyway, there's nothing you're going to do to stop them. Right. You do. I never. I never pray that prayer. I. Yeah. I, uh, I. I. I never pray. I never. I used to, but I. I never pray and ask God, Lord, if you if you don't want me to do this, then close the door. I. I don't do that, because my personality is such. I kick doors down. You know. I. I. Yeah. You're. Yeah. I know you. You're so meek and mild. Uh, <laughs> So, so how how then do we pray? Your will be done. There, there you go. And we need to let God work on His timetable, not ours. Let's continue reading. Without the Holy Spirit's guide, guidance in our lives, uh, we would be left to navigate our way through life, life's daily decisions and concerns on our own. That, to me, is a scary thought. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, however, He will often bring Scripture and biblical principles to mind that speak to the needs of our lives. If we will listen and be sensitive how many, I, I can't tell you, I, I have no idea how many times I've preached on this in, in, in the last 12 years, but how does God speak to us? In the still, small voice. And if he is not going to yell at us, he's going to speak at us in a still, small voice. Absolutely. Uh, we, we read John chapter 14, verse 26. Uh, let's look at uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. Who, would, who wants to read that? Okay, Melanie. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. Part of, part of his work in guiding us is to help us understand the Bible. Remember, the Holy Spirit inspired the Bible. <clears throat> what, better, what better person to help us understand it than the person who wrote it? So then, or excuse me, so when we are confused about the Bible, uh, about what the Bible means, Remember to ask the author who is within you to help you as you study. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> I, I, again, I, I don't want to kick a dead horse here, but I've talked about it many times. And one of the things that I've gotten in the habit of early, early in my Christian life, I thought it was necessary for me to read lots large portions of scripture every day and i've gotten to the point in my life now that <clears throat> this morning I, i'd have to go back and see for sure but i think this morning i only read maybe 
15 or 20 verses. But I went word by word through those verses with my concordance. And I looked up words and I, and I, I went back and I studied and I, I, you know, I spent a good bit of time this morning, but on maybe 15, 20 at the most. Now, I could have used that exact amount of time to read through a portion of Scripture. And, and with my learning disability, <clears throat> I could do that, stand up, walk away, and remember none of it. But because I've learned, it's not about volume, it's about quality. And God wants us in the book. And this morning, as I was reading this morning, there was something there was something in my reading and I said, God, what do you want me to what do you want me to get out of this this morning? What what are you trying to show me here? I'm 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 reading through the life of Joseph. And I'm not going to tell you because you'll hear it in the sermon. <laughs> but 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 God spoke to my heart this morning. And and I praise God for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I would say Dr. Shetler was There you go. There you go. Yeah, you know, I, I praise the Lord for people like my wife who can read large portions of Scripture and and retain a good bit of that. I, I praise the Lord for, I, and I wish God made me that way, but He didn't. And I've had to learn through the years that I have to be who God made me. And if that is reading small snippets and and absorbing those, then that that's how I need to do it. so much up. I feel like I've learned so much reading chronologically, understanding when it was written, and oh, that applies to that back there that I read. It's just right. huge. Okay, next next blank here. Um, he strengthens you for service. <clears throat> he strengthens you for service. In lesson 10, uh, you will discover that the Holy Spirit has uh, specially and uh, supernaturally equipped each believer to serve in the local church. Now, we will be talking about this in the future, but I, I want to take a minute here because he brought it up, and I want to talk about this for a minute. How important is that statement? Okay, all right, all right, John? <laughs> God does 
There you go. God does not qualify or call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And, and that is so important that we get that. God has, God has supernaturally, supernaturally equipped you to do a job at Grace Baptist Church. Be it the nursery, be it the door greeter, be it the toilet cleaner, be it the, it doesn't matter. You have a job to do. And you need to do it. I, 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 I pray often that God will continue to develop our people so that as our ministry grows and expands, that we have people willing to step into roles. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> I don't know anybody, well, that's not true. I probably have met a couple of people, but by far the majority of people that I have met in my life that work in nursery don't enjoy it. You know, it's not the thing they wake up and go, oh boy, I get to work in the nursery this morning. That, that usually is not what happens. But how important is the nursery ministry to a church? It's, it's incredibly important. And, I, you know, I, I'm picking on the nursery just because it's fresh in my mind because we're getting ready to start it back up. But I, I have, heard, in the past, I have heard people say, I, I just don't want to do it. Really? You just don't want to do it. Is that right? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I do know this. If God has equipped you to do it, you better do it. Let's continue reading. But even with his equipping, we sometimes grow weary and faint. The Holy Spirit renews our hope and gives us energy from within. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Wasn't Ephesians 3.16 the one we read? No, that was Ephesians 1. Okay, turn over to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. Somebody want to read that? <laughs> Nobody? Okay. Lawrence? <laughs> no. 
Amen. Amen. According to his riches. According to his riches. That's a lot. Not our riches, but his riches. Next point. <clears throat> then we'll, we'll be done. Um, he empowers your witness. And we're going we're gonna to stop here because th- this is going to open up a big can of worms here. Um, he empowers your witness. I want this week, I want you to kind of meditate on this idea that the Holy Spirit empowers our witness. And uh, we'll, we'll pick it up here next week. Uh, let's go ahead and pray. And uh, we'll be done. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, we just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives and that you would help us, dear God, to be more like you. Help us, dear God, to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit that uh, he has in our lives. And Lord, we just ask that we would listen and obey. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.